Are you a woman founder starting or building your business and it's time to get unstuck and get growing? How do you do the big things that you're dreaming of, build your business empire, and still keep from breaking your sanity and your bank balance? Yes, I said empire. We don't play small around here. You aren't starting a little business or creating a side hustle. You are building your business empire. And if you want it, we are going to help you go get it. This is the One Step Empire from She Incorporated, and we're here every week to help you build your business and create freedom through success as an entrepreneur. This is the podcast for women founders who are building their dreams one step at a time. We aren't going to let you play small just because your budget might be. There are hundreds of ways you can create incredible impact in your business with the resources you have right now, and we're going to help you do that each and every week. Massive success in simple steps. That's what One Step Empire is all about. How would you like your business to be 95% more profitable? Did you know that increasing your customer retention can increase your profits by 25 to 95%? It sounds crazy, but think about it. It costs five times more to get a new customer than to keep an existing one. And then the success rate of selling to an existing customer is 60 to 70% better than selling to someone new. So your marketing cost savings alone are enormous. So why don't we spend more time taking better care of our existing customers? Well, Jackie is with us today, taking us through the importance of creating an epic client experience, which really is going to become the tool that makes your customers stick with you through thick and thin and generate referrals and testimonials as well. So today on the podcast, we're going to cover the five steps in the customer onboarding journey, some systems that you need in place to make it simple, and the importance of offboarding. You probably aren't doing this, but you should, and we're going to tell you why. So let's get into it. We are so fortunate to have Jackie Money with us today. And yes, that is her real last name, and it's perfect uh, for what we're going to talk about as well. Jackie is half of the virtual duo, and she's a systems automation and tech expert, a tiny house enthusiast, and she specializes in making tech simpler and creating automation in your business, which frees up your time for the million other things that you want to do. So today, Jackie's going to take her expertise and really hone in on one specific part of the process that's so critical for every business. And that's the importance of client onboarding and really creating a VIP experience for your clients. So it is so great to have you here, Jackie. Thank you so much. I'm so, so excited to be here. It's great. Well, I gave a bit of an intro, uh, but I would love it if you could tell us a bit about why you started and kind of your journey and then what you do now exactly. So we actually, my husband and I were both working day jobs and we decided we wanted to move to the countryside and build a tiny house. <laughs> so we had to figure out kind of like what we were going to do for money and um, all of that and make it location independent. So we decided to start our own business and fast forward about three years and we've actually built our tiny house and we're living in it now. And so that's, that's kind of like our journey in a nutshell. And we started off doing VA work, but we've kind of pivoted into tech and automations, which we absolutely love. We spoke about this earlier, how you you always have an eye to budget because you've had to because of exchange rates, right? Which is interesting because I mean, it's most of us, you know, women entrepreneurs, we don't have two things we don't have a lot of is generally time and money. But your your story is slightly different as to why you always had an eye to a budget. Yeah, I definitely do. The thing is, with with our exchange rate, it's 15 of our currency to one dollar. 
So everything is hugely expensive for us. Yeah. So when we started out, it was it was looking at as many free tools and things that we could do for free to get ourselves started as possible. And so we've got always got an eye on can we do something for free or for limited budget? There's so many tools now, too, that have really generous free tiers. So and we'll talk a little bit more about that after as well. As far as the, the client onboarding process goes and why this is important, I looked up some stats because we all know it's important. But if you're not convinced that you need to take better care of your new and existing customers, here's, here's a wake-up call for you. It costs up to five times more to get a new customer than it does to keep an existing one. The success rate of reselling to an existing customer is 60 to 70%, whereas a new customer is only 5 to 20%. So you're much more likely to sell a new product or resell something to an existing customer. And then according to, um, I looked this up on outboundengine.com, increasing customer retention by 5% can increase your profits by 25 to 95%, which is amazing. So so making your customers stick with you not only helps with your word of mouth and your goodwill and all of those things, it is really critical to making your business more profitable and making your life easier. It's really important. So so where do we start with this, Jackie? Where do we get the baseline for where we're at now and then move forward with our customer onboarding process? So we we were struggling with our customer onboarding. At first, we thought it was we were attracting the wrong kind of clients. That's what I, I genuinely thought was happening. And then I kind of started digging into my, my client onboarding and the whole process actually from when you first meet the lead all the way to the offboarding. That's what I consider to be client onboarding. It's a whole experience. And I realized that there were some issues. And so I started digging deeper. And that's kind of like what got me very interested in client onboarding. And so I realized there were kind of five main phases to client onboarding. And just very quickly, they, they are the lead to clients. So when the lead first contacts you to when they become your clients, and then the actual onboarding, which is what most people look at. And that's kind of where people do stuff and then don't look at the rest of the process. So the third phase is the actual obtaining assets from the client. So if you're actually doing one-on-one work with a client, you need feedback from them, you need assets from them, you need some kind of prep work from them. This is a hugely problematic area I found with clients. And then the actual part where you're doing the work for them. And then, of course, the offboarding, which is just as important as the onboarding. So if not more so. And I think from from the way you've described the five steps, I think most of us focus on definitely one, getting the customer, changing them from a lead to a customer. And then probably most of us do a little bit on the number two, even if it's just a, a series of welcome emails or that sort of thing. We probably don't do that as well as we should. And then the rest of it is just downhill from there. And so what you're going to find is you are either going to have mediocre testimonials from your clients or no testimonials at all, or even at the extreme, unhappy clients, because you haven't communicated your boundaries. You haven't told them what to expect, what you expect of them. And so it's just going to go downhill. 
So if we look at each of those steps, and and Jackie's actually got some great resources she's going to give us at the end here where it takes you through all different tools that you can use as well as the steps in a bit more detail. But if we just take a couple of best practices from each of those steps to share with everybody today. So a couple of things that we should be looking at in, in number one, two, three, four, and five. With a lead to client phase, I look at that as more of a non-automation phase. This is where you actually need to personalize things, personally chat to people. If if you're getting on calls with people, practice your sales, practice your script, practice how you're going to communicate with them because that's hugely important. Or if you're selling your service in a DM, what are you going to say? You know, have something that you're going to say to that client, right? And not just off the cuff stuff. Then in the client onboarding phase, that's when I would start adding automation into it. So because you don't want to be sending out emails and follow up and welcome sequences manually because the busy, it's okay when, when you've got two or three or four clients, when you start growing and getting more clients, you're going to find you're the bottleneck in the whole scenario. Yeah, it makes it impossible to scale. And those systems are really the best if you have them in place from the beginning, if you can, right? Because then it happens in your sleep, just what we want. Exactly. Obtaining assets. Now, this is the part where you actually have to clearly establish boundaries with your clients and as well as very clearly show them and tell them what you expect from them. So, for example, if you're a web designer, you are going to need photographs, copy for websites, all of that. And if you don't clearly tell the client what you need, they are not going to know. And so this phase, I find with a lot of my clients that I help through this process, I find that this phase is the most problematic. They're finding that clients are not getting back to them timelessly. They're finding that clients are not giving them the assets that they need and all that kind of thing. And it's simply down to, you need to tell your client what's expected of them. I like that. I'm going to guess that most of us do a terrible job of that. And I actually, one of my companies does promotional products and printing and that sort of thing. You know what? We don't reach out to them and get, we should get all of their logos as soon as they become a client because we can do our job better for starters. And we're going to serve them so much better because we will have what we need on hand all the time instead of having to constantly chase them and and try and get that information. And I think even if it's not something where you're necessarily getting assets like that from the client, you know, if it's testimonials or what other kind of assets would you say that if people need them, they should be doing at this stage? I would say like anything that you need to ask your clients um, for in order to do the work for them that yeah. you need to do, whatever that is, okay. is what, uh, you know, for, like for web designers, it's obviously photographs and stuff, but for copywriters, it might be something like, what is your tone of voice? Send me a couple of written emails that you've written, you know, just so I can get to know you. And I'm finding that a lot of clients get stuck at that stage. And so that stage should also kind of be automated in, in a certain way. And that's what I did. I went in and automated all of that. And also when, when you're asking clients for feedback, they, they're already saying to themselves, I'm paying this person to do the work for me. Why do I have to do work? Also got to make it as simple for them as possible. That's kind of what I did. I create member world courses for clients. And the amount of work that I need from them or information I need from them in order to put their course in member vault is quite significant. And so I needed to give them little bite-sized pieces of information 
and say, okay, I need this. Okay, man, I need this, <laughs> you know, and going down. So it's, 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 it's so daunting when they look at the the whole, yeah, because you just, it's hard to get started when it's so much stuff. Exactly. And even if you're doing surprise and delight kind of stuff. So we, in, in one of my companies, when it's customer anniversaries, the anniversary of doing business with us, or when it's their birthday, that sort of thing, we, we send little surprises out. So that's the kind of information you want to ask at this stage too. get their birthday, get their, their address, whatever it is that you need from them. So what's the way we work, we do the VIP days. And so in my intake form, I say to the clients, what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite snack? And they don't think about it when I ask the question because it's an intake form. But then when we have our VIP day, I have Uber Eats deliver a coffee and a snack. And they like delivered the exact right thing. And it was like... You told me what it was. That's great. I love that. I might start do- doing that. I'm going to steal that from you. Then number four would be the actual part where you you do the work. And so I work in VIP days. And on the VIP day, I will send them a snack and a coffee because we literally, I'm sitting and I need the client available for the whole day so that I can get feedback from them. So that's my way of just saying thank you for just being on standby for me. So that's number four. And then number five was the outgoing, correct? Offboarding, yes. What I usually say to clients is that the offboarding is just as important as the onboarding. And people tend to neglect this. So a little thank you note goes a long way. Asking for a testimonial. Don't expect a client to just give you a testimonial. Ask for the testimonial. Make it easy for them to give you a testimonial. And then at the end of it, something, a little something to say thank you. You know, thank you for being the client. Also ask for a referral. And and I think that creates the good feelings on the way out, right? I mean, even if they're not going to be your customer anymore, they may have other people that, that they want to refer. And you're right. I don't know very many people that do that at all. And that's that's a huge, huge missed opportunity. And before we do any of these things, of course, we've got to kind of map out that customer journey for, for our own business and sit down and yeah. say, all right, what does this look like? Where do they find me? you know, how do, how do we start, what that, that journey looks like. So really sit down and, and go through any tips as far as how to do that customer journey and things that they need to look for and, and people tend to miss? So that's what we've done with our customer onboarding. And so we decided to teach that in a workshop. And we've created a mapping tool inside of our favorite tool, Airtable, and it's free. (laughs) But the tips I would say is just figure out where your sticking points are. Where are clients getting stuck in that journey? Is it in the the lead phase? Then you need to tighten up your sales process. Is it in the obtaining assets phase? Then you need to tighten up how you're communicating with the clients, how you're communicating your boundaries, how you're communicating, getting whatever assets you need from the client. So you need to understand where the sticking points are before you can try and fix them. And usually what I say is if you think that the issue is downstream, like say the obtaining assets work, look further upstream as well. Because it generally starts further up. And I suppose customer feedback is, and client feedback is probably a huge part of that at the beginning, just getting, because we can assume all day we know what the problem is, but they can tell us pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had very honest dialogues with my clients. I said to them, I'm trying to fix my whole client experience. I know that, that it has issues. Please, can you tell me what you didn't like, what you did like? And they were very honest. And that allowed me to tighten everything up. 
And even bad feedback is, is amazing feedback. Actually, bad feedback is sometimes the best feedback. They have to be ready for that and wanting that negative feedback yeah. so that you can fix it because you can't do anything you don't know. So if we have limited resources, either time or money, then what are the top three things we should focus on to get started on sorting out our, our customer journey and our steps? If you've got limited money, then you're going to have to upskill yourself in order to figure out where to automate, what tools to use, and all that to tighten up your onboarding process. If you've got limited time, outsource. Find somebody that can help you with this. You are also, besides helping founders and women founders, you are also a woman founder yourself. So how about you give us a little advice, maybe related to onboarding, maybe not, as far as your your best advice for newer women founders that might be listening, things you've learned along the way? I would say my biggest stumbling block in the whole process, and, and not particularly onboarding itself, but is that thing that we all have to deal with is imposter syndrome. And I find it more in women than in men. And I think that has been the single most important thing for me to overcome. I, I agree. And I don't know that we ever, I don't know that it ever really goes away completely. I think we just get better at dealing with it. I mean, anyone I know anyway, that you think, oh, they, they would never have that problem. It just, it, it rears its ugly head, but you get better at dealing with it. Somebody actually told me once that you are ahead of the person behind you and you have value to offer to them. doesn't matter how you feel like, how much you feel like an imposter. There's always somebody that's behind you that you can teach and help. So you have some great resources for everyone listening who is A, building their business on a budget because you've done the same thing. And then also who wants to build out that customer journey and fix their processes. So can you tell us just a little bit about that? And we'll put some links as well in the notes. Yes, yes. I put together a bootstrapper's guide to running an online business. And those were all the tools that I could find that you can get started for free. And so I put them all together in a little PDF that I've given you a link to you to download. And then the other one is the five phases. What I've done in that PDF is given you some questions to, to ask yourself and things to think about at each phase so that you can start thinking about your journey. We'll have this in the show notes. And if you're, if you're listening on a platform that doesn't show our show notes, some of them don't, you can always just go over to onestepempire.com and that's the podcast homepage and all of the shows and all of the show notes and all of the links and all of the things are there. So that's onestepempire.com. And um, you can get all of the links to these wonderful things that Jackie has been so lovely to provide for us. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today, Jackie. This was really great information and I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to the One Step Empire podcast. All the resources you need are found on our site, shecorporated.com. There are free downloads. The link to join our community of women entrepreneurs is there. All the show notes for every podcast episode, links to everything we've got going on, and the link to subscribe to the magazine for women founders, She Corporated Magazine. All of it can be found at shecorporated.com on the web. Make sure you follow us at SheCorporated on Facebook or Instagram and set aside some time this week to put into practice what you learned today on the podcast. Block some time on your calendar in the next seven days and really commit to 
putting it into practice and not just on your to-do list because massive action creates massive results. You can do this and we're here to help.